Dog Nation Podcast, Episode 6. Go Dogs! Okay, dog fans, welcome to the Dog Nation Podcast, episode number six. This is the Vanderbilt Post Game Show. This is Derek Leonard, your host. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'd like to pre- I'd like to tell you I appreciate all you listeners out there coming and joining with us every week, and I uh, hope you're enjoying the show and appreciating the show. Um, listen, you know. It was a great win. I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, it wasn't a particularly exciting game. I know you fans out there. Uh, you know, I, we wanted to get the W, and that's what we got. Thirty-four to seventeen, Georgia wins. Um, we did everything we needed to do. Uh, more importantly, we didn't make the kind of mistakes that we have made in the past. Uh, I thought it was a very, what I'd call a workmanlike win. I mean, we were very businesslike. We came out, we were slinging the ball early, 17-7 to at the half. Uh, both teams scored 10 points in the third. We put on another 7 in the fourth. We finished up 34-13. to What's most important, I think, to take away from the game is that we did not, you know, we didn't get caught sleepwalking like we have in the past years. We didn't get uh, caught watching the paint dry on the field. Uh, we weren't down two to nothing at the half, that sort of thing. We didn't have the kind of letdown that we've been prone to have, you know, not just in the Mark Greg years, but, uh, I, you know, I know you dog fans know what I'm talking about. I mean, after a big win like that in Tennessee, we've been known to have a, game, a couple of games where we were off, have a couple of games where we were sweating. And I don't think any Georgia fans were really sweating any during that game against Vanderbilt, which is a good thing. So ultimately, we got exactly what we wanted. Um, we came away with the W, and that's what's the mo- that's the most important thing. It was a great win for the Dogs. We are now two games up on Florida. We're two games up on Vandy. We're two games up on Tennessee. And we own the tiebreaker against Tennessee and Vanderbilt. And we'll soon own the tiebreaker against Florida. So, you know, we're right where we want to be, guys. We are in, I mean, we're in great shape in the SEC. We can afford to lose a game and still win the East. Um, Alabama, not looking quite so invincible anymore after the Mississippi game. I think we are in great shape to go to the championship game in Atlanta, and I think we're in great shape to uh, win the SEC outright. So, you know, let's talk about the game a little bit. Um, Like I said, it was a very taking care of business kind of game. It was a very taking care of business kind of victory, um, and no sleepwalking. Uh, I think the main two things to take away from it, besides the fact that it was a good win, I don't want you to think for a second I'm trying to take away from a big win. Shockley played great. The defense played, you know, I think average for them. I think they've done, they've obviously done a lot better, a lot better against the run, a lot better against the pass. Uh, you know, right after the game, Rick said it was that uh, Vanderbilt was the most prepared and well-executed offense that Georgia's seen all year. He kind of backed off a little bit of that today, but... Um, he said that uh, first he said they were the best offense we'd seen. Today he came back and said they were the best, the most well-executed, best-coached offense we saw. 
you know, I don't know. I think their coach looks like one of the three amigos. He looks like the guy of the movie Roxanne. But besides that, I mean, he's a good coach. There's no doubt that Johnson's a good coach. He's got the team prepared. He's got Vanderbilt playing the best football they've played in 50 years. Um, they were definitely ready. They had a decent game plan. They, you know, they're just not quite as fast, not quite as big, not quite as good as Georgia. But, I mean, I think Vanderbilt played a good game. I think they did the best they could have hoped to do. Um, Cutler had 174 yards passing. Shockley had 298 yards passing. He came out slinging the ball. We had 10 yards per attempt. Um, so, you know, I was very happy with the stats. The rushing game wasn't quite as great as I wanted it to be, but still, we had 446 yards total. That's going to keep us right up there at the very top of the SEC in offensive output. I mean, we're averaging seven, we averaged seven yards per play in the Vanderbilt game. So I mean, you can't uh, you know you can't take anything away from the dogs in this victory. It just wasn't that exciting of a game. We had two sacks that we gave up. We only lost six yards. Shockley continues to make something out of nothing when there's nothing downfield. His legs continue to amaze me. He's staying in the pocket and looking strong. I mean, I mean, I can't really. Shockley is doing a great job of staying in the pocket. He has great pocket presence and he is doing a good job of delivering the ball downfield in every category that I thought that Shockley was going to have trouble with. He continues to amaze me, and this Vanderbilt game was no different. I think Shockley is really playing great. Um, you know, we're right there on our season average for penalties, though. It wasn't a good game from a penalty standpoint. I was going to say earlier, the two big things I want to take, the two big negatives I want to take away from the game is, again, 74 yards and penalties. Seven penalties, 74 yards, and the other big thing is uh, injuries. I mean, injuries are bad, guys. There's no way around it. Um, Golston, Kendrick Golston was probably, next to Shockley, probably the single biggest, I mean, probably the most person, the, the person I least like, least want to see get injured was Kedrick Golston. Because coming on the heels of the Gerald Anderson thing, that's why we were weak against the run. I mean, you can't take anything away from the defense that can't stop the run. We're missing Anderson up front. We're missing Golston up front. We're missing Taylor in the middle. I mean, you're telling me we're weak against the run? Of course we're going to be weak against the run with that. But, um, you know, Golston is probably going to miss the Arkansas game. I think, actually, Golston, Anderson, and Taylor are all going to miss the Arkansas game. But, you know, I'm holding out hope that they're all three going to be back for the Florida game. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty positive, the reports we're hearing here in Athens are that Anderson is definitely going to be back for the Florida game. Tony Taylor is probably 50-50. And Golston, you know, he might be 60-40 uh, against. It just depends. He's got this, He's got a serious elbow injury. injury. And maybe he maybe he won't be back, but they're saying three weeks, which puts him back for the Auburn game. And I'm hoping they're shading that to the conservative side, and all three of the guys are going to be back, because you know Quentin Moses is going to need that help up middle to um, to contain Leak. You know I'm going to want to contain Leak. Although you know I continue to be amazingly unimpressed with the spread option in his first year. You know. I talk to people on the street here. They're telling me that you know Chris Leak is not the guy to run it. He hasn't run a spread option since before he was in high school. Um, it could be a personnel issue. 
But I've told you guys all along, I think part of the problem is that you've got defensive linemen running 4-7-40s in the SEC. You've got linebackers running 4-4-40s in the SEC. And the spread with the kind of speed that you see, the kind of team speed you see on defensive side of the ball in the SEC takes a lot of the potency out of the spread option. And um, I'm hoping our defense is going to be full strength for the Florida game. Um, but I'm sure that Willie Martinez will have a plan if it's not. I'm, I'm not worried about that. Um, all right, let's see. Injuries, you know, that's huge. Um, one other big thing I want to talk about um, is the BCS. I know you know you guys know the BCS, the BCS poll is fixing to come out. Uh, it's coming out Monday morning. Um, the Harris poll is projecting us to be number three ahead of ahead of Virginia Tech in the BCS poll. Um, there's one guy out there somewhere. He's published. He's got us projected with the strength of the SEC and the quality of our win over Tennessee. He's got us projected as the BCS number two. Um, I am hoping that the dogs are not going to let that distract them. Rick talked about that in the press conference today and said that uh, it definitely wouldn't be a distraction. But I'm telling you, if we come out as a BCS number two, I can't imagine that's not going to be something that's going to be on the mind of these boys here in Athens. And uh, I'm not necessarily convinced it's going to be a bad thing, but uh, I'm really anxious to see what's going to happen with the bowl championship ratings that come out tomorrow. Um, we've got to stay focused on what we can control. That's what Rick keeps preaching, and uh, he's 100% spot on with that. Um, I think Virginia Tech still got a loss in them, so even if we come out ranked fourth tomorrow, um, I, I think Virginia Tech's got a loss in them. I definitely think they've got a loss left in them. Texas and Southern Cal, they still have some games they could lose. I mean, Southern Cal still got to play UCLA. It was a heartbreaking loss for Notre Dame this past weekend. I don't think Southern Cal should have got the extra play. I think Notre Dame showed the heart of a champion. Definitely Southern Cal showed the heart of a champion, and the rule is to be the man, you got to beat the man. You know? You're know, you not going to win on technicality. If you're going to beat a 27-game winner, you're going to beat a two-time national championship, you got to stop them solid. And Notre Dame came up just a little bit short, kind of like Ole Miss. Ole Miss came up three seconds short against Alabama. You know, What are you going to do? Um, you know, so... You know, I don't have much to say about the Vandy win. It just wasn't that interesting a game. I, I hate to play. I hate to say that. I hate to come up with that, guys. You know, I love the dogs. I love them like nobody else loves them. But God, you know, the game. It it is what it is. It's exactly what we thought it was. Everybody out there. It's exactly what everybody out there thought it was going to be, guys. Leonard Pope was incredible. I mean, he was. Can you? Did you guys see the frustration on his face? Have you ever seen him that more frustrated? He only had one catch in the game, and I'm telling you, Leonard Pope comes to play, boy. He brings his A game every week, and when he misses a ball or doesn't get a decent pass, he is really frustrated. I'm, I, I'm not entirely sure. That's not entirely healthy for Pope, man. I'm telling you, just chill out a little bit, Pope. I mean, you know. I mean, just chill, dude. Quentin Moses is awesome. I love Quentin Moses on the defensive line. I hope that kid, I mean, I hope we can keep that kid around for another year, you know. Um, another quick note, guys. Uh, we're an 18-point favorite over Arkansas. I mean, that's a steep line. That's a steep line. 18 points over Arkansas? I don't know about that. Um... I know I'm just kind of flying around here tonight because I'm just talking. I'm kind of hurrying. I want to keep the show short, and Old Dog's got a lot to say tonight. Um, one other thing I want to say, Sean Bailey, 
Listen, I know you're listening to the show. I know a lot of dog players listen to the show. You guys watch ESPN. You listen to the Dog Nation podcast. I get it, all right? And I'm telling you, Sean Bailey, you need to pick your game up a notch, man. You're playing great, okay? Don't 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 get me wrong. I love the way you're playing, and you're making some good catches. But you are the leader. You are the leader of our receiving core, and I'm counting on you to step up, man. And you need to bring it to the next level because Momass. Uh, Harris, those kids, those redshirt freshmen, those guys are playmakers. And I know you're a playmaker, and I know you got a better game in you. And I think you can step it up. I think you've got another gear, man. And i really like to see it in the Arkansas game and in the Florida game. So, just something to think about. And speaking of guys that have that definitely have taken it up a notch, I know I've talked about it here before, and I just want to keep giving this guy kudos, keep giving him the shout-outs. Brandon Sutherland at fullback is such a pleasant surprise. It's been a long time since we had a fullback that was making plays and not just being a blocker but catching balls out of the backfield and making you know, dives from the two. This kid Sutherland is a beast. And he is making the plays and changing games, man. And I'm just glad to see it. It's such a refreshing... It's just so refreshing to see a kid, a redshirt freshman, no doubt, that I'm hoping to have around another three years. This kid is a freshman, and he is making plays. Way to go, Sutherland. Way to go to bring it. Bring in your A game, dude. I love it. That guy's, got, that guy's crispy with the rock, baby. I love it. So, anyway, you know, that's about all I've got to say about the game. The stats are what the stats are. We were over 400 yards. You know, Vanderbilt moved the ball. They had some yards. Hey, you know, good game, Vanderbilt. We enjoyed it. It was a good game. We're moving on. We're running downhill now. So, um, listen, we're going to come back with a few more notes after the break. I'm kind of keeping it short tonight. I'm gearing up for a big pregame show against Arkansas. Oh, by the way, um, I didn't get an audio comment from this guy. He emailed me in, but we did have a winner for the Arkansas tickets. I'm going to mention this right quick. I, we had a trivia contest last week um, about when was the first, you know, who won, what year was the first Vanderbilt-Georgia game, who won it, and what was the score. And uh, Brad Clayton of Greer, South Carolina, emailed me at dognationpodcast at gmail.com with the correct answer, which was Vanderbilt won the first game between the between between Georgia and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt won 35 to nothing. And I don't even have the note in front of me. I'm pathetic show prep here tonight. I threw the notes away or whatever. But the year, it was like 1893 or something like that. 1895 or something like that. I don't have the email. But anyway, congratulations uh, to Brad Clayton of Greer, South Carolina, for coming in with the correct answer. Um, Tickets are already in the mail to you, Brad. I hope you enjoy my seats. Um, Stop by the tent, Dog Nation Podcast, behind the O House. for the you know, and uh, maybe we'll get a little clip from you next week. I'll see you in the pregame uh, for Arkansas homecoming game, big game this coming week. Congratulations on having the correct answer. I hope you enjoy my seats on the fifty, dude. I'm gonna be on the club level. So uh, that's it. Let's uh, pause for station identification. Pause for a little musical interlude. And come back with Old Dog and his thoughts on the Vanderbilt win. Stay with us.
we're back, and um, I got my good buddy, my best buddy, and uh, co-host of the show, Old Dog, on the phone. How's it going, Old Dog? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Doing good. I, I tell you. I got to tell you, though, I'm not nearly as hyped up or excited this week as I was last. Uh, it was a good trip into Nashville, and, you know, as we had talked about a little bit on the pregame show, it was a... Uh, it, it was a lot more uneventful trip to Nashville than they usually are. Yeah. You know, we've had many a last-second win or many a nail-biter in there where we've had to come up with a big defensive play, you know, to win and get out there alive. And, you know, even though it's 11 years in a row now, it's still, you know, I always worry a little bit when we go up there. And this was just kind of kind of ho-hum to me. Uh, no. I hated to see uh, the injuries. You know that we ended up because we were already a little, a little short there on the defensive front, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think that told a little bit. Just you know they were kind of running it up the middle on us, and you know I think the lack of experience there on the defensive line, and uh, then also the middle linebacker with Taylor out with uh, with the other guy moving over, I think hurt us a little bit. Uh, I think we can still handle Arkansas, but we're sure going to need everyone that we can, you know, when we play the Gators again. Well, you know, um, we're by the way, we're an 18-point favorite against Arkansas, and um, I said in the in the first half of the show, you know, I mean, next to DJ Shockley, probably the least likely person I'd like to see get injured would be Kedrick Golston. And with Golston out and Gerald Anderson out and Tony Taylor out, yeah, no kidding, Vanderbilt had some success running the ball. You know I mean? Like, that's going to be news to me, you know? Well, you know, I mean, you've got the whole, you know, the whole middle. You know, we've got we've got folks, you know, inexperienced, uh, you know, and, and not starters. You yeah, know, I absolutely. mean, there's a reason those guys were number one. Absolutely. And, you know, now they're out. Uh, you know, looks like Taylor will be back for the uh, for the Florida game, and I, you know, hopefully Anderson will too. I yeah, think the word is he will be. You know, holding him out, and you know, I don't know, you know, what it is on Goldston. I saw on the uh, internet today they were saying two or three weeks, so you know, I'm hoping it's two and not three. <laughs> dang, dang right, baby. Me too. Um, you know, like I said. I, earlier. I mean, I, I'm trying to be excited about this win, and I am excited about the win, but I'm just not, like, flying like I was after the Tennessee game. It's just like, yeah, you know, it was a good win. I'm happy about it. Moving on, you know? Well, I mean, I think the best way I can describe it, it was it was real businesslike. Very businesslike. Very workmanlike. You know, I mean, we, we went in, there wasn't a whole lot of emotion, uh, you know, I don't think on anybody's part. You know, and I mean, that comes with, you know, playing in front of you know what, twenty five, thirty thousand people. Yeah. You know, it's I would imagine it's awfully hard to, you know, get yourself psyched. Right. You know, for that when you're used to playing in front of a hundred and you know, you're going into stadiums with anywhere from, you know, ninety eight to hundred and seven, you know, screaming against you. Yeah. Shockley came out slinging the ball. You know, he was at he averaged ten yards per reception or ten yards per pass in that game. Yeah. Can you believe it? You know, and, and I still you know, and, and he did okay, but there's still just, you know, he's just an adequate passer. I know, I, I mean, know. I, I just still can't. Come on, you know, old I dog. Mean, he made great decisions. Come on, he give me some love. He should have. There were plenty of times he could have tucked it and run, you know, when he did something else. But, but again, you know, it was like every pass, the guy was either jumping or he was on his knees or, you know, something. Come on, I mean, old just, dog. 
Show me some love, baby. Give me a shout out for Shockley, man. You know you love him. Come on. Oh, he did. He did great. <laughs> I mean, you hey. know, I can't. It, it just, he just doesn't turn him a crack. <laughs> well, you know, man, he's following the winningest quarterback in NCAA history, okay? You know, and I guess that's what I'm used to. You know, I'm used to seeing these, these crisp, sharp passes, you know, for the most part, you know, not every every game that Green played, you know, was was he great. But, you know, you just didn't see, you know, when Green was throwing, you just didn't see guys, you know, having to leap three feet in the air to catch it. I know. Uh, you know, they weren't on their knees. You know, they were catching it in stride, and, and we had yards after the catch. I know, and, I know. You know, and I, and I tell you, yesterday, there were, he should have had probably 100 more yards. I mean, he had a couple good catches too yeah. but I mean he was hitting guys in the hands and they were you know they were going off and then what's up with Leonard Poe I know that's I what mean, I was going to say the guy's acting you know like he's spastic or something when he misses one I thought he was going to rip his face mask off man he was so frustrated he had one well, catch you know, for 26 and, and yards I tell you, and, and I don't know because you, you haven't heard and you know a whole lot but I sure was expecting him to be a bigger part of the offense you think Crick is uh you know, up until the Tennessee game I kept thinking, well, you know, they've they've gotta have some some plays in there and, and we just haven't needed them and we're and we're holding them off until the right time. Right. You know, but he came in, you know, this year as God's gift to tight ends and you know, other than our running backs was supposed to be the biggest offensive weapon we had. And uh, you know, to me he's kinda taken a backseat to uh, to Milner. Well, I know, but Milner only had one catch in this game, too. The both of them, Pope and Milner, combined for two catches total. And, you know, Pope was pissed off when he didn't get that touchdown. I mean, when he got stopped there, and like, on the first drive. and I um, know, and, it's, and I think part of it is he's just not getting that many chances. Yeah, he's frustrated. Do you think Rick's down on him or something? Or uh... it, It's hard to say, you know. And, I mean, it, it's not like he doesn't like using, you know, the tight end. Dog fans and, want to uh, know. You know, for everything, for everything, you know, we talk about, you know, tailbacks and this. You know, for the longest time, we've been, you know, we've been tight in you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, going back to the great touchdown machine, Clarence K. Clarence you know, K. The, the touchdown machine. I know you love Clarence K. That's one thing I know about you. He was he he, he was the touchdown machine, baby. I tell you what, we need to take our press passes this week and get down on the sideline. Um, you got that worked out with Claw Felton yet? Have not heard back from him, but we need to. We need, we need to get down to get the sidelines and talk to Pope. We need to like talk to Pope in the during the game, in the middle of the game. We need to walk down there. I'm going to take my little iPod with my tiny little microphone and go down the sideline there and ask him what's up. You know, you think well, he'd be up for talking to me right in the middle of the game? Or we need to, we need to get close to Coach Rick. Yeah, I know. We need to get close and to Coach Rick. See what's, what's up. going on. Or I tell you what, maybe the best thing to do. Is you know from what they say every now and then you know he lets Bobo call you know a couple series. Yeah, I think slip Bobo a couple bucks and say, man, you know let's get poked the ball here. Hey, I'm telling you, and you know Mike Bobo, <laughs> Bobo might work for. I mean, well, no, I better not even say it. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I mean, you know, I'm not talking uh, about a bribe. I'm just talking, you know, like a you know like a C note in the hand, like Rodney Dangerfield, just you know, put a C note handshake on Bobo and say, man, you know, just keep it fair. Let's get Pope in the ball game here. Hey, I think we need we need a couple more tosses to Pope. And while we're on the sidelines, you know, I wouldn't mind talking to a couple of cheerleaders. That's just me, though. But anyway. <laughs> Um, 
you, know, I know you're you're not down with the whole cheerleader thing, or maybe you know, old dog. Maybe you could get together with some of the maybe you get together with some of the male cheerleaders and talk about their training regimen, and uh, you know, I'll talk to some of the uh, female cheerleaders. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you an interesting story. I've I've never been real high on the male cheerleader, <laughs> but but years and years ago with a party we had there at Rivermill, uh, I I did find out this that many of your male cheerleaders are also on the gymnastics team. Yeah, and one of them ate a glass, and now that was impressive. Oh, really? Ate a, is that was yeah. that a Rivermill party? It was, and it it wasn't just any glass. Hardy's used to give the Looney Tunes glasses out. You may be too young to remember them. <laughs> and it was it was actually my buddy Tucker Hobgood's favorite Pepe La Pew glass. <laughs> and this guy just ate it. <laughs> you just and said I'm Pepe La Pew in the middle of the Dog Nation I'm podcast. I'm talking about paper. I'm talking about a glass glass. Come on. Are you shitting me? Come on. You no, a glass. So you didn't you didn't see it though, right? Yeah. You saw him eat the glass. I mean, this guy, this guy had, well, he didn't eat the entire glass. He had taken a couple hunks out of it. And I'm not sure he actually ever ingested any of the glass. But his lips and mouth were real cut up. Wow. You know, I saw a guy get bounced out of Sky's place one time, and I think he ate some glass, too. You know, I mean, you know. At the end of a pool tournament at Sky's place. I'm telling you, I love Athens, man. You gotta love Athens. And this is this is a testament to how uninspiring the Vanderbilt victory was. We're talking about uh, we're talking about male cheerleaders eating glass at Rivermill Apartments. Yeah, back in the good old days. You know, I did. I lived for a year at Rivermill, and then I moved on over to College Place. You know, because they had the better they had the better uh, party. You know, the College Place pig out. But uh, I mean, I was a big fan of the College Place pig out. I lived right there in apartment P one, baby. Well, now see, we had we were. I think I was in building two hundred three there at the mill. Yeah. But this was back. This was back when when living there. It was the closest building to the tracks. It was also the closest building to, uh, to O'Malley's. And I mean that was uh, that was big time stuff, man. I was you know about fifty yards from the tracks. I hear you. I know. And you used to park the couch out there on the uh, on the railroad tracks, you know. Absolutely, a couple of cakes of beer, and I still have a spike from the tracks that I use as a paperweight. <laughs> That's a, that's a story for a different time. There you go, baby. That's a story for. Uh, we'll bring that up after the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville. I'm gonna say, you know, or, or maybe you know, on our season wrap-up show or something. There you go. Well, what else you got to say, man? I told, I told everybody, I'm trying to keep the show tight tonight, man. We got to keep it loose. We got Brad well, Clayton. He won our trivia contest. I tell you, I'm really, even though we're at home, I think, you know, I think we're gonna have another. Kind of uneventful game, and yeah. you know, hopefully, we're just going to go about this one business like too, which I think is a good thing. Well, because you know, as we talked a little bit last week, you, you can't get up on that on that hundred and ten percent high every week. Well, and you know, we're going to need that for Florida, and we're going to need it for Auburn. Well, Andy and Johnson if, said if we can just go about you know, kind of on an even plane and take care of these other games. That's the thing to do. Well, Andy Johnson from the Banner Herald, Athens Banner Herald, he said that um, it's very important that the difference. One of the differences between this dog team and dog teams of the past is we're not seeing any of that sleepwalking that we used to see. You know, maybe for a half or for a quarter, where they really get you like the two to nothing game. You know, the two to nothing right. at the half game. 
These dogs are not sleepwalking. They are slinging it right out of the gate. Shockley comes out and he is firing, baby. And we're, oh, yeah. and we're seven to nothing right out of the gate. You know, no sleepwalking. And that, that's all we can ask, man. If we get this Arkansas game behind us and then we get pumped for the cocktail party, really? And, you know, and, there, and there's no problem getting pumped for that. You're right. You're right, baby. Live from the landing. But um, anyway. Uh, and, you know, the only thing I think we need to guard against is, you know, the fact that we've pretty much, with with Tennessee with two losses now and Florida with two losses. And Vanderbilt uh, with know, two losses. we just have an absolute total collapse, you know, right. we're, we're there. You're right. I mean, we're Vanderbilt, Tennessee, and Florida all have two conference losses in our division. We have a two-game cushion on all three of those teams, and we own the tiebreaker against two of them as well. Um, we are, but we've got a but we've got a chance to be we've got a chance to make this season something special and as as much as it pains me, we need to become a real all dog fans now need to become big Tennessee fans. I know, I know. Because we need we need Tennessee to beat as many right teams as they can for you well, know yes and, and other computer rankings and things and you know, the fact that that Tennessee plays Notre Dame would be fantastic if they could beat them. Hey, uh, BCS comes out tomorrow. Harris has got us projected number three, and some dude in California has got us number two. Yeah. So well, I'm anxious to see know, how that and goes. And I think we should. You Absolutely. Know, I mean, if you look at the competition, and especially at the end of the season, if we go undefeated, you know, who the hell does Texas play? Right. Nobody. I know. Well, maybe they learned something from the damn Auburn debacle, you know. Maybe they learned something so. from Auburn I mean, last year. Tennessee's played absolutely nobody. And U.S., you know, and it looks like the toughest team USC is going to play is probably Notre Dame. Maybe. They still got so, UCLA left to you go. Know, before this, before the season started, uh, you know, they were, they were going to be a 500 ball club. I know. Well, listen, old dog. Let's wrap it up, man. It's been a good game. Well, I just I, the, the thirty-four to seventeen. What can you say? Just real quick here uh, is the fact that if if someone has been listening to the show from the very beginning and has bet with the smooth pick of the week every week, that man could be rich. Hey, smooth. Because you know, is I'm laying it in my there. man, smooth. He is three and zero. Oh. Three and zero, oh, smooth. I'm telling you, I can't wait to talk to him on Thursday. He's bringing us another pick. We win every week right here on the Dog Nation podcast. Smooth is the man. Absolutely, and you don't have to dial an 800 or a 900 number to get it. <laughs> exactly, he's the prog- pigskin prognosticator, baby. Hey, Absolutely. be sure. Hey, be sure to check out the website. I got a lot of new links on the website explaining uh, podcasting. We we got picked up by some new Yahoo picked us up this week. Sportspodcast.com oh, man, that's picked us up. So uh, we're building our listener base, and uh, oh, and there's another a big website called Odeo, which is uh, we've got a link to them on the website as well. And um, we're getting picked up, man, and our listener base is growing. So I'll get back with you for the pregame show for Arkansas on Thursday, okay? Well, one, one more quick thing before we wrap it up. Did we have a winner on the ticket? Yes, we did. Brad Clayton out of Greer, South Carolina, came up with the correct answer. Vanderbilt beat Georgia in the first Vandy-Georgia game 35 to nothing. And I, I threw my notes away. I think it was like 1895 or 1893 or something like wow. that when they did it. 
And he emailed well, that would be a good me. Question. He, if thank heavens it wasn't someone living in Hawaii or Japan or something like that. Oh, I'm telling I you. I mean, I'll, this is someone that can actually use the technology. I know. We have such a huge listener base. Well, you know, the, the New Zealand dog fans are really stepping up with the Dog Nation podcast. We have a ton of listeners down in New Zealand. So, well, um, maybe they're only like. <laughs> We are the only link to civilization. What I'm still wow. hoping for—that's a scary thought. What I'm really hoping for, though, is for I want a soldier, a dog fan in Iraq, a, a soldier or somebody that's serving our country, um, you know, out there kicking butt in Iraq. I want somebody to email me from a foreign country, hopefully somewhere in Afghanistan or Iraq. That's what I'm hoping for. That's my wish for the homecoming game because that's what homecoming's all about. I want to hear from uh, somebody who's far away from Athens. So maybe Absolutely. we'll get an email or an audio comment this week. I tell you, wouldn't it be great if we got something back like from, from Mars or Jupiter? <laughs> exactly. Thanks, old dog. Okay, that's enough bourbon for you, all right? So uh, <laughs> pregame show coming up this week. Uh, thanks, old dog. And um, let's get ready for Van. Let's get ready. Let's get ready for Arkansas. All right. Sounds good. I'll see you, buddy. Talk to you Thursday. All right. Well, dog fans, there you have it. Episode number six of the Dog Nation podcast is in the can, and I'm continuing to peak the meters after I've told the old dog not to do that. So that sound of you, I'm peaking the meters and it's blowing your eardrums out. Sorry about that. Um, dog fans, workmanlike show, workmanlike victory, dogs taking care of business, Dog Nation podcast taking care of business. Remember, guys, um, the show is growing, the show is building, subscriber base is building. Tell your friends. We'll be back on Thursday with the pregame show for the homecoming game against Arkansas. Um, you can email us your comments at any time at dognationpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call us right here in Athens. Remember, we're here for your listening pleasure deep beneath the tunnels of Sanford Stadium. You can call us at 706 534 9957. So give us a call. We'll put you on the show. Boy, I keep peaking the meters, don't I? And uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Tell your friends. We'll be back on Thursday with Old Dog and Smooth. We'll come back with a bankable prognostication football pick that you can take to the bank, baby. So, in all that you do, have a great week. And remember, go you hairy dogs!